0: We need to come back. We need to remind ourselves of the faithfulness of God. Not what we feel or what we see, but what we know about Him. Amen. Well, VBS was an amazing week. I want to just give you a little snapshot from from my perspective. I had the privilege of being in the uh, drama uh, with Mitch, Sarah, and Jordan. We had a blast with that. We had cameos from uh, Jana, that was kind of awesome, and a couple of other people. Um, We also had an opportunity, as you caught just a little glimpse in there of watching Pastor Steve dance. That is a sight to behold in and of itself. I also had the opportunity, my wife Becky, to be third grade, grade, small uh, small group leaders, and we were in the front row here. And on the third night, Lee uh, did an awesome job presenting the gospel. And as he presented the gospel, he said, I want you guys, if you pray to receive Christ, because you look at that number and you think 69, that's kind of an abstract number, but here's a concrete example. Uh, This little eight-year-old guy next to me, normal eight-year-old kid, got injured during the week, during the games, just super into it, loved the singing, dancing around, but he was totally still during that message on Wednesday. And uh, as Lee gave the gospel, Lee said, I I want you guys, if you've responded, I want you to tell your leader. He was still praying. Lee was still praying. This kid next to me was in my ribs uh, before he even said amen. I think I counted seven times that he told me from sat there in the small group until the end of the evening, man, God moved in power It is an amazing thing to watch that happen. And I wonder how many courses of how many lives have been changed by all that took place this week. You know, hundreds of people served as you just saw in the slide and as our pastor shared. It, It didn't happen with one person doing one thing. It happened with hundreds of people doing hundreds of things. And that's such a picture of our faith, church. It's not a one-time decision to follow Christ and then we're done. It's a moment by moment, step by step. It's hundreds of decisions over hundreds of days of our lives. This summer we've been looking at the chapter of Hebrews. It's called the kind of Faith Hall of Fame, Hebrews chapter 11. And our pastor started that series out with giving us a great definition for faith. Do you remember? Faith is hearing. Faith is trusting, and faith is leaning. We continued that service with the uh, Pastor Steve's message from Cain and Abel, faith to worship, how Cain brought a sacrifice, and Abel brought a sacrifice. Do you remember that message? Given, and the challenge was for us to give our first fruits, not our leftovers. And then last week, Pastor Mitch challenged us to faith to obey from Noah. Trusting God even for the unknown. Our prayer for us as the staff as we've gone through this series is that you would be confident in your faith as you believe, as you hear, as you trust, and as you lean into God. Let's look at the next example of our faith. We're going to lean into the account of Abraham and Sarah. So as you've got your Bibles in front of you, we're gonna start in Hebrews 11 with kind of the 10,000 foot view and then we're gonna jump back to Genesis and kind of unpack this in a couple of points, looking at the bookends of this story. So Hebrews chapter 11 and then begin reading in verse eight. I want you to just catch how many times, even in this passage, but in this whole chapter, the word faith is used here. Verse eight. By faith Abraham obeyed, received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of the heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand on the seashore. Our focus today is faith to follow. Abraham followed God even though he didn't know, Abraham didn't know where he was going. Sarah followed God even into the situation that looked impossible from a human perspective. You will see that faith to follow both for Abraham and Sarah and indeed for all of us is not a one-time decision. It's a moment-by-moment, step-by-step choice. We're gonna look at the second half of that account, the birth of Isaac to Abraham and Sarah, and you're gonna see that this is no ordinary birth. We're gonna unpack the beginning, first of all, and then the end of this account. So turn with me, if you would, back to the first book of the Bible, to Genesis chapter 19, Genesis 19. And my first point is this, this morning. Following starts with trusting. Thankfully, God is patient with us. Following starts with trusting. Thankfully, God is patient with us. I want you to notice as we go through this how Sarah starts in her faith. That's kind of examined through this story how her faith struggled, and so did Abraham. But God has a plan working in them, working through them to grow them. He patiently walks with them moment by moment, step by step. It's Genesis 18, the chapter starts off. We read that God is coming with two of his angels to bring a message for Abraham. And this is where we pick it up in verse nine. They, this is God and the two angels, said to him, to Abraham, where is Sarah your wife? And he said, she is in the tent. God is about to do this massive work in this couple's life, and it starts with simply getting their attention. You may look at this and think, well, that's kind of an unimportant detail, but there's something really, really important that we need to grab here. This story and your faith journey starts and ends with God. Our faith, our focus upon God is sometimes hindered, challenged. Distracted by the things that are happening in our lives, the struggles that we've got, the perceptions that we have, the wrestling that we're working through. Our faith has an object, has an anchor, has a focus, and that's God. But for Abraham and Sarah, the temptation to look away from God was on their fertility issue. This is a deeply personal issue. Maybe you've gone through that. Maybe you know someone who's gone through that month after month after month after month. That was the temptation for Abraham and Sarah. I wonder if there's someone here today that's facing a temptation to get their eyes off of God and onto their situation. Whatever that situation is for you. God has a powerful word for you here today to encourage you, to invite you, to look afresh to him. Look at verse 10. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah your wife will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. God spoke a promise to Abraham and Sarah. They would be blessed with a child within this next year. I'm so glad that we have these accounts in Hebrews chapter 11. You may be reading through this and think, well, this is like the Faith Hall of Fame. These are the superstars. You know what, they're not. They're just like you and me. In fact, they're just like you and me. We have awesome days where we're trusting God, where we're worshiping Him, and then there's days we respond like we don't even know Him. That was just the case for Abraham and Sarah. But I'm so grateful for this. God does extraordinary things through ordinary people. Hands up if you're an ordinary person here today, in okay, case some of you are less honest than the nine o'clock this morning. So, congratulations on your extraordinariness. I hope you can celebrate that with yourself uh, today. <laughs> Just kidding. I am very average, very normal, above average in looks, although my wife tells me that, uh, but very average in every other way. This is like Abraham and Sarah, they're normal people like you and me. They have things that they're wrestling with, things that they're struggling with. At first glance, this doesn't seem like to be that big a deal. Here's this couple in the Bible that are promised a child. That's happened many, many times before. But the next verse blows this story up with massively different kind of plot twists. Look at verse 11. Now Abraham and Sarah were old. They were advanced in years, and the way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. I love how careful Scripture is. I love how caring Scripture is, but I also love how deep Scripture is here. God could have just simply said, Abraham and Sarah were older, but He didn't. He unpacked this in three different ways within this verse. The first is this, that they were old. That's charming, isn't it? You're old. I think I felt old this week during VBS, but the kids were like bouncing off the ceiling. One of the fun things that I found out is that I was under the impression that there's only one way to sit in these seats. Watching the kids this week, I find there's actually eight different ways to sit in those seats. Uh, I'm like, air conditioning sat down and they're bouncing off the ceiling, right? Abraham and Sarah were old. had the opportunity before I came on staff here, I worked with a church planting organization that helped church planters all over the world and I also did construction part-time, and one of our jobs was to remodel this house, and we took this aged boards that were decades old, and I refinished those, I repurposed those, and we have an accent wall in our kitchen. That is the word here, it's seasoned, it's old. Second phrase here is advanced in years. This literally means the physical repercussions of aging have taken place, like gray hair or or no hair that's there, right? All of your muscles, like mine, used to be out here, now they're all congregating in one place together, right? (laughs) Old, advanced in years, and then thirdly, the way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. She'd been unable to have children all through her natural cycles, and now that time had passed, In the previous chapter, we read in Genesis 17, 17, that Abraham was 100 years old when he received this promise. We would conclude then that Sarah was at least 90 to 100 years old. I wanted to just give a little bit of a context because that might be a bit abstract for you this morning. I want to show a picture of my grandparents. This is Lionel and Joan Dubbridge. They're having an awesome day today because they're with Jesus and they've been with him for quite a while. If they were still alive, they'd be about Abraham and Sarah's age. They have three children, the oldest of which is my mom, Joy. Joy had four children. Uh, She probably wished that she would have stopped it too, but I was the third of those four children. My wife and I, Becky, also have four children. Our oldest son, Luke, has our most gorgeous granddaughter, to us, Ivy, I can show you pictures after if you'd like. So within this couple, there are five generations. That's not unusual, that's pretty typical. Could you imagine walking into the scene with Lano and Joan holding a baby and then they told you it was theirs? You would think that makes no sense. As you read through this account, you're gonna see the wider content that we don't really have much time for today. But I want you to see, if you're thinking that the characters in Hebrews 11 are faith superstars, they're not, they're very ordinary people just like you and me. Our faith journey is sometimes two steps forward, four back. Can I get an amen to that? Doesn't it seem like we're struggling, like we have these victories in our relationship with God and we feel like we've kind of crossed the level only to fall back again and think, why do we doubt? Why do we fall into temptation? Why do we get discouraged? Just like us, their journey of faith was not 100 miles an hour. It wasn't full on with no problems. It was a very bumpy road. Here's a quick snapshot, three vignettes over the next few chapters. You remember you just read in your Bibles that Sarah was in the tent behind Abraham as he received this news? Do you know what she did? She laughed. And it wasn't like a, oh, that's amazing. It was a, you've got to be kidding me. It was a scoffing laugh. And then when she was confronted about that, she lied and said, I didn't laugh, as if God didn't know. You think, well, that's Sarah, Abraham. You know what, just a little bit later on, Abraham, fearing for his own life, not trusting in God, lies and says, Sarah's my sister, putting her in jeopardy as well as himself. But church, God is patient. God is kind. Faith to follow starts and ends with God, not our situations, not our perceptions, not even our strengths and our weaknesses. Gee, do you have faith to follow? A God who is able to do extraordinary things. Let me share one of my own faith, amazing God stories. A few years ago, we helped start a church in Northern Colorado and it's a beautiful place to live. Incredible beauty, uh, really, really expensive. In fact, when we got there, we realized quickly that house prices were twice what they were in central Illinois. We had raised support, we had sold our house. The prospect of buying a house while living on support, listen, it was impossible. We couldn't go back to the people that we'd already asked to pray about supporting us. They'd been so generous. We'd we'd raise money to start the church, raise money to live for two years. God had been so gracious in that. And we needed a miracle, nothing short of a miracle to be able to get to a down payment that would make a mortgage manageable for us. Maybe like many of the men here, this is where fear and worry really comes in for us. We wanna provide for our family. But the situation is such, for whatever reason it is, it doesn't seem possible. One of our network leaders said, hey, why don't you just email 15 to 20 of your closest kind of ministry partners and just be bathing this in prayer. So that's what we did. It wasn't barely a day that went past that we got a call from one of those ministry partners, a precious older couple that lived in that area, in Northern Colorado. And uh, you may know this type, There's lots in this area. He was part engineer, part farmer, you know what I mean? Just very practical, systematic, methodical in his thinking. And he said, would you come and just give us a little bit more information? We really wanna be specific in praying. So I said, of course. So grateful for their investment with us, their partnership with us. And the next day I sat down and told him, "You know, this is what we've raised, this is what the house prices are. You know, this is what the mortgage rate is. And he was much more familiar with that area than I was. He said, yeah, that all, that all seems reasonable. That seems like that is very much the way it is here. He thanked me for my time and said that they would pray about it. I didn't know what that meant, but I'm really grateful uh, for their investment. The next day I get a message from him saying, the Lord has led us to help. I, I don't know what that word help means. I, I thought it just meant prayer, and I hadn't asked them for anything in particular at all. That was not the expectation. Just would you pray with us? About three or four days later, our network uh, financial director called me. And he said, Glenn, were you expecting a massive deposit? And I said, no. He, he said, "Is someone called you and told you that they're gonna give you a, a pretty large sum? And I said, no. And he told me this couple's name. They had paid that deposit. That gift was over $10,000. Church, why was I afraid? Why was I anxious? Is $10,000 a massive thing for me? (laughs) Yes. Is it a massive thing for God? Is it a massive thing for God? No. I love at the end of Ephesians verse 20 it says this now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine if you live a life of faith to follow God step by step he will give you your own faith stories of the time that he showed up in power he's either answered prayer or he's given you just a reminder of his presence with you are you trusting God with faith to follow the second point is this Following is completed with one trusting step after another. Following is completed with one trusting step after another. So we're fast forwarding now to the end of this story to a year later to see how this story culminates. The Lord visited Sarah and he said, as he had said, And the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. The Lord visited, the Lord came near. If the enemy has been sowing this seed of doubt into your mind that God is distant, irrelevant, that's a life in the pit of hell. Jesus Christ, one of the names for Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, God with us, residing within us, stirring within us. You see, our faith is rooted and anchored in Jesus Christ. It's not rooted in who you are, who, who I am. We don't have faith in faith, we have faith in God. It's not me crossing my fingers, it's me looking up the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised our faith is in a God who speaks and you may be here this morning and think well I'd love to hear from God church you've got his words right on your lap right now he speaks to us through his spirit and through his words his word is sufficient there is everything you need to hear from him right there it's not rooted in what you think or what I think And within our culture, we're so enamored about what we think, we ask that question lots of times, well, what do you think about this issue or what do you think about this issue? I would say this, the much more pertinent question is not what do I think about this issue, is what does God think about this issue and how do we know what he says? My opinion, even my family don't even listen to that very much, but they do sometimes. God speaks to us through his word, through his spirit, through his son. And she bore a son at the advanced, seasoned age that she was. I love 2 Corinthians chapter one, verse 20. It says, for all the promises of God are yes in Jesus. Everyone say, "Miracle." miracle, miracle. This is a miracle. Humanly speaking, this is impossible. She was old, she was advanced in years, she had gone through her regular cycles and not been able to conceive naturally. Now she was really advanced in age. I did a little research on the ever-reliable internet this week, found uh, a source, the Guinness Book of Records, that the oldest person uh, that's been kind of tested and, and evaluated to be a legitimate story was a lady in China, no artificial means, giving birth to a child naturally. She was 66 years old. Anybody that's 66 that would like to give birth here today? Doesn't that make you wanna just groan? I'm only 54, and uh, like Tim said at the end of this week, like 66 years old, but she's nearly 30 years younger than Sarah was in this account. Look at verse three. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, who Sarah born to him, Isaac. And the Lord circumcised his son when he was eight days old as God had commanded him. Verse five, Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Abraham named his son Isaac. This means one who laughs, one who rejoices. You see, this son was a reminder to Abraham and Sarah and everybody that knew them of the power of God, that God is able to do the impossible. He's able to do extraordinary things with ordinary people. It reminded them the promises of God, that when God says in his word, that will come true, that will be fulfilled. It reminded them of the faithfulness of God. Man, when we're struggling, when we're discouraged, when we're struggling, when we're suffering, we need to come back, we need to remind ourselves of the faithfulness of God, not what we feel or what we see, but what we know about him. Abraham was promised a child right back in Genesis chapter 12. You know, he was 75 years old. 25 years he had waited for that promise to be fulfilled. Have you been praying about something for 25 years? And being patient as we wait on God. Boy, that's an examination of our faith. It's so easy for us to get consumed with our situations and not keep our focus upon God and worship in Him. Faith is a moment by moment, step by step decision. Look at how this story culminates. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham and Sarah that they would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in my old age. Sarah's worship was a testimony to the power, the faithfulness, of Almighty God. She had moved from laughing about the prospect of having a child, scoffing, to her laughter being redeemed, and now her laughter is worship. God, thank you for this child, and praising his name. Trust God, step by step, moment by moment. I want you to think about faith to follow as we start to close here this morning. Claude Monet is a French impressionistic painter. He was born in France in 1840. I I want you to understand, I know really very little about art. The extent of my art would be, that's nice, I don't get that, right? I am no um, expert at all, but my wife, My wife loves and went, studied some classes in school, and so we lived in England at the time where I was born and raised, and uh, we had the opportunity, we got a great fare to take the train from where we lived in the southwest of England down to the south coast, ferry across, train into Paris, and we had the opportunity to go to the Louvre and we got to see Mona Lisa with that curious expression that she has and massive paintings. But what really caught my attention was the next day we went to the Musee d'Orsay, which is the Museum of Impressionistic Art. It, there's some really crazy stuff in there. And I figured like if you're six years old and you've got a box of crayons, you could make some serious money you know, selling this stuff, which tells you how much I know about art, right? So as we're walking around, we see the exhibit by Monet, and we get to this picture, if we can put it up. This picture is called Poppy Field. It's said that Monet was inspired by a summer's walk to paint this picture. As you look at that picture, I want you to think for a moment, how many brush strokes did it take to make that picture? How many colors are represented on that canvas? How many different strengths of brushstroke did he use to make that painting? Monet didn't just do this. I think I'm gonna paint a picture of a poppy field. And then it's done. That would be awesome, wouldn't it, if that worked like that? No, paintings like that take a considerable amount of time. All of the colors, all of the textures. That is like a life of faith. It's not one decision and then we're done. It's a moment-by-moment, step-by-step choice to trust God, just like Abraham and Sarah. 25 years listening to God, trusting God, leaning into God. It was a bumpy road for them, and for many of us it can be a bumpy road too. Your life of faith, is a step-by-step moment to choose. Here's something that we use as an object lesson in counseling quite often. The temptation when we're suffering or when we're going through difficult times is to focus on the problem. Let's say my fist represents the problem and my iPad represents God. Here's what can happen. Let's say it's an addiction that you're struggling with, and that becomes the focus of your attention, and God is filtered through the lens of that addiction. God feels distant, God feels far away. How can I not stop this issue? Here's what we need to do. We need to move that around. Filter that addiction through the lens of God, through the lens of God's word. What does, that God, what does that word say about that issue? Am I just an animal that I'm driven by instincts or does God say he made me in his image? He created me for something greater, that his grace is sufficient to break every single chain. If he's able to save us from our sins, he's able to break every addiction in our lives, amen? God is calling us moment by moment, step by step, to trust Him, to hear Him, and to lean into Him. I'm privileged to serve as part of the team. I love what God's doing in our church. I've got three main areas that I serve within as pastor of congregational care. One of those is caring for people that are going through potentially life-changing medical issues. And we have, at any one time, 40 to 60 people on average that are going through potentially life-changing issues. That could be, you know, a large surgery all the way through to terminal cancer. When you're in those situations, the temptation to focus upon the medical issue and filter God through the lens of that medical issue is hugely intense. Is that you here today? How does God allow this thing to happen? Why doesn't God answer my prayer? Here's what you need to do. Lean into what you know about God through His Word. Maybe it's not a medical issue. The second area I help uh, involve with a team of counselors. I'm so grateful that we've got some incredibly gifted, highly trained counselors that are able to step into helping, encouraging, come alongside. And if you're here and maybe your relationships are going sideways or they're in the ditch, The temptation is to focus upon that issue and that to become all-consuming. God is inviting you to trust Him step-by-step, to take your eyes off of the other person and onto God, to trust God, to ask God to start working in your own life, taking step-by-step-by-step. If you're here today and you're on the plan of trying to change another person, let me just save you a lot of time and effort. It doesn't work. Can I get an amen to that? We need God's help to change ourselves, let alone any effort to try and change others. Maybe your issue is a spiritual issue. Maybe God feels distant and dry. Maybe there's something that you've been choosing instead of honoring and following God. Maybe you've drifted in your relationship with Him or even drifted in attending. You think, well, I, I can watch online. That's a great option. I'm very grateful for that. Our production team did an amazing job of making that available and we're so grateful if you're joining online. But if you're joining online because you've drifted, God is calling you, not according to what I say or anybody else, but according to his word. We wanna pour into you and God has given you passion and gift to be able to pour into us, for us to gather as a family. Where are you doubting God? Where are you not trusting Him? Where is your worship hindered as you're consumed with an issue rather than being consumed with Him? Have the privilege in my role to be with people that are in their last days and weeks of their life. It's an amazing privilege. And it's an amazing testimony, just like Isaac was, to the power and faithfulness of God. Like me, you may think I'll never get through that kind of trial. I have watched God carry people. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. That faith has been a step-by-step, moment-by-moment decision. And I don't know about you, I wanna be ready for when that day comes for me so I can be a testimony to my family too. God promises, That when you step by step, day by day, respond to him in faith, he will give you all of heaven's resources. Philippians 1 verse 6 says this, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will complete it into that day of Christ Jesus. The same God who began that work of faith in you, church, will complete it as you stand before him. He loves you. He desires to draw you close. Faith to follow is a moment by moment, day by day choice to hear, to trust, and to lean.